Bibles, open them up to Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Very popular passage. And I want to kick it off with that. I want to throw that sword out. Throw the sword of the Spirit out on that one. Amen? So Isaiah 54, 17. And it says these words. It says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. See, a lot of times we just stop at no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But don't stop there. Keep going. Amen? Every tongue that rises against you. People speaking word curses against you. You know what? You can come against it and you can break that thing. Amen? You can condemn that thing. In other words, it's not going to have any power or any control over you. Amen? But I don't know about you, but I'm fed up seeing Christians being beat up by the enemy. Anybody else in here? Come on, I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely tired of it. And we need to learn how to go to flip the script on the devil. We need to flip it. In other words, what the enemy is expecting us to do. How we are going to react to his attacks, we need to do the opposite of what he's expecting. We need to flip the script. Now, flipping the script, this was interesting here. Flipping the script means this, to reverse the usual or existing positions in a situation or to do something unexpected or revolutionary. Do I have any radical Christians in here today? I love that. I love that. Reverse the usual. Say reverse. Reverse. Say, I'm going to reverse what the enemy's doing in my life. Come on. I want to talk this morning about a few things where we fall into the enemy's trap. We fall in and, and what we need to do to flip the script on the enemy or to do the unexpected from a fleshly or demonic perspective. All right? Now, that's when breakthrough is going to come. That's when breakthrough is going to come to pass in our, in our life and in the negative situations we encounter. So let's dive right into this right now. The first thing I want to talk about is when the devil tries to silence you. Listen, church, that's your cue to shout it louder and be bolder. Come on, somebody. That's flipping the script. See, the enemy will try to use people in your life to come against you with threats, with intimidation, to silence you, to try to shut you down. Have you figured that out yet in your life? Oh, yeah. Come on. Say intimidation. Oh, the enemy. Man, I hate the enemy. All right. But I want to show you in the Word of God where this happened, that the, these disciples, they flipped the script. Because, listen, uh, I don't want the people of God to fall into this trap. And too many Christians are falling into this. They give in to the attacks of the enemy when they they face this kind of an intimidation. And they silence themselves. We don't want to do that. Go with me to Acts chapter 4. See, when the enemy brings that intimidation, he is expecting you to be silent. He's expecting you to shut your mouth. Come on, somebody. But we're not going to do it. Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 22, I'm going to take a look at here. 
I love this. Say boldness. boldness. Holy boldness. Holy. Come on. Stacy's been saying that quite a bit from, from uh, the area here, Palpy here, during praise and worship. And that does strike a chord in my spirit. Here we go. Acts 4, 13 through 22. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside, go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle... Say notable miracle. We're going to start to see notable miracles in this place. A notable miracle has been done through them uh, is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely beaten them, uh, let, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no, speak to no man this name, meaning the name of Jesus. Verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak. Nor uh, not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, there it is, oh, come on, they let them go, finding no way to pun of punishing them. Because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Now, so Peter and John, they healed a man, right? And, and were brought into custody by the priests, by the Sadducees. Uh, you could say it this way. They were brought into custody by the government of that day. Say government. They told Peter and John to stop preaching, stop teaching about Jesus. Does that sound familiar? How about the threats from the government? How about the IRS that's targeting Christian ministries and organizations? Come on, somebody. Sound familiar, doesn't it? Some threats and intimidation. Notice that it said they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they had a very strong anointing and a boldness that stood out. I love that. The boldness, the anointing upon them was so powerful that even the enemies marveled at what God was doing through these men. And they put the connection together. And the people realized that, wow, they have been spending time with Jesus. Come on, somebody. They were spending time with Jesus. When, listen to this. When you spend time in the Word of God, when you spend time in prayer, you are spending time with Jesus. Are you following me? Because uh, listen to me. Every, people will say, you know, faithless Christians, they'll say, yeah, but they literally hung out with Jesus, right? Well, you can literally hang out with them too because He's given you the same Holy Ghost. That raised him from the dead. The same Holy Spirit that anointed him. That did miracles, signs, and wonders. It's that same Holy Ghost that's in you. Come on, somebody. So here we go. What do we do with this? 
We are heading into a time on this earth, and even in our own country, that it's going to test our faith and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus said this. You ready for this? Jesus commanded us to make disciples, not believers. Come on, somebody. He commanded us to make disciples. And the word disciple literally means this, disciplined ones. It's not about saying a sinner's prayer, people. Come on, somebody. Someone can say the sinner's prayer ten times, but if it doesn't drop in the heart, they're still going to hell for eternity. And eventually in the lake of fire. Amen. So Jesus told us to make disciples. Say disciples. Oh my goodness. Now, if you are not bold for Jesus, listen to me. If you're not bold for Jesus right now, while we have freedom of religion, what's going to happen? You're going to crumble when when the government totally turns. Come on, somebody. You're going to crumble when they say you deny Christ or you're going to be dead. You deny Christ or you're going into prison. What are you going to do? You better settle it in your heart. Come on, somebody. That's right. The government and religious leaders tried to intimidate Peter and John, but it didn't work. Now, remember, remember this now. Really, who was flowing through these religious leaders was the enemy. Are you following me? The enemy uses people. Have you figured that out yet? Say that. Say the enemy uses people. So many people fall into the trap of offense. That's why our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against evil. Come on, somebody. In spiritual places. So it was really the devil trying to stop them from promoting the kingdom of God, from advancing the kingdom of God, from getting people born again. Come on, from getting them healed, from getting them delivered, from stopping the kingdom of God from moving forward. But Peter and John, they, they were expected to stay silent about Jesus. Uh, but, but guess what they did? They flipped the script. When the enemy thought he intimidated them so much, surely, surely that they were going to stop doing what they were doing. Absolutely not. I'll tell you right now, when the Holy Ghost is on you, you will not stop. There will be a boldness upon you. Have you ever had that where you were witnessing to someone and all of a sudden when you started doing it, you were, you were nervous at first, but when you started doing it, a boldness came upon you. A boldness. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they pulled out a gun and put it to your head and said, get away from me. It doesn't matter. Are you following me? These are the kind of Christians we need to be like. Because listen, we are, again, we do have freedom of religion right now. We got it pretty good in this country. Well, we, I was going to say, unfortunately, there's things that try to come against us, but it's still the greatest nation on this earth. With all the problems, with all the junk that goes on, it's still the greatest nation. Come on, somebody. But listen to this. Many Christians are so quick to follow everything the government says and and that the government, government puts their stamp of approval on. But let me say this. But just because they approve, it doesn't make it okay. Come on, somebody. 
abortion, homosexuality, all these, these evils that they're allowing in. You following me? Come on. If the, let me say this. Here we go. Ready for this? If the government commands you to do something against your God-given freedoms, against the Word of God, you, I'm telling you right now, this is Pastor James telling you right now, you are not required to obey that government law. You reject it. There needs to be a righteous rebellion. Come on, somebody. Because you know what? There's a higher law than the government and worldly laws. And that is the word of the living God. Come on, somebody. So we need to stop swallowing hook, line, and sinker. Everything the government is feeding and telling you. I'm telling you, we have corruption in our governments. Now, so listen, many in our government... And, and you don't hear this from many pulpits. I'm just telling you right now. So, you know, you're in a good, safe place right now, somebody. Many in our government are, and the wealthy elite people that influence our government leaders, they believe in population control. Do you understand what this means? Population control, thinning out the population, killing people off. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And the government, by the way, is not looking out for you. They're not looking out for me. They're looking out for themselves and their own bank account. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's why we got a president right now that is full of corruption. That's why it took a rigged election to give, get him in. He's not the people's choice. No, absolutely not. It's George Soros' choice. Come on, somebody. So stop believing everything you hear from the government, from the news media. Now, we pray for our leaders? Yes. Believe and do everything they say? Absolutely not. We, be- we pray for them? Absolutely. I hope they get born again. I hope they turn around. But we are in the end times right now, people. And it's only going to get worse. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it is. It's going to get worse. But guess what? I read the end of the book. I know who wins. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So it's time to flip the script on the enemy. After Peter and John were let go, the Word of God says that they went back. I love this. They went back to their own companions. Oh, there's something. I'm telling you. Listen to me now. They went back to their own companions. And they prayed for more boldness to preach and minister the Word of God. They didn't go back cowering after they were threatened. They went back and they felt pretty good. And they went back to their, come on, say own companions. Oh yeah, you got to hang, I'm going to talk about this in a moment. They went back to their own companions and they prayed to God. And it said when they prayed, the place was shaken. The place literally, not, this is not a spiritual soliloquy or whatever you call it. Come on somebody. This isn't spiritual poetry. It literally says, when they prayed, they prayed and connected with the heart of God so much, the place shook. My goodness. And and Living Waters, I'm telling you, we're going into that place. You feel the presence of God as we're pressing in? My goodness. And so they were let go, and they went back to their own companions. Now, here's what I want to bring out out of that. Don't think for one minute that it, that it doesn't matter who you associate with and who you hang out with, who your companions are, your inner circle. Say inner circle. 
1 Corinthians 15.33. Powerful. Here it is. It says this. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It will rub off on you. In other words, notice where it started off. It says, do not be deceived. When the Bible says don't be deceived, it means you, there's a chance you could be deceived. He's warning you. He's warning me right there. Don't be deceived. Man, when the Holy Ghost says that in the Word of God, you, you gotta, now, now you, your discernment, your little antenna better be up and roaming around for the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So you will become, listen, you will become who you spend time with. Mm. There are some in this place, there's some watching online that you need to make changes in your inner circle of close friends. Now, here's the thing. You might not be able to control your outer circle, who you work with, who you, who's your co-workers, right? Come on, we've all worked with in, in areas and things that, you know, uh, I mean, if you're going to work out in the secular, you're, chances are you're probably not going to work with all Christians. Hello, somebody? Anybody breathing in here? I'm talking, though, about your inner circle. People you allow in to influence you. Amen. And by the way, let me just say this. If the atmosphere is so bad in your workplace, at workplace, that it's affecting you and it's bringing you down, okay? Uh, Now listen to me. You ready for this? God will honor your commitment to Him and living a holy life rather than keeping yourself in that toxic environment. Get a new job. If you're not disciplined enough, come on, somebody. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Pastor's meddling today, right? But listen, I'll tell you what. I'd rather get a new job than go to hell for eternity. Come on, somebody. So that's where you've you got to be in prayer about yourself. If, if you're not strong enough, okay, if they're affecting you instead of you affecting them, if you're going into that atmosphere and that atmosphere is changing you and you're not changing the atmosphere, you might want to consider getting a new job. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's wisdom. All right? One day in heaven you'll thank me. Pastor James, thank you so much for telling me to get a new job. Right? Right? As you're floating by on a cloud. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay, right? Okay. So, <laughs> But listen... We need to be the ones affecting the atmosphere. Because Paul said, you know, we're in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. All right, we are in the world. We, we, we do need to be disciplined. Again, Jesus said, make disciples, not believers. I like that. So this is one of the main areas that the devil uh, can get a stronghold in your life. A, a negative inner circle creates what we call an evil or ungodly soul tie in your life. It, it will affect every area of your life. I remember ministering to a, a lady before. Um, she, she came to, to us and saying, you know, I got this one friend in my life and she's very negative. Every time I'm around her, she cuts me down. It's like she's comparing herself, you know, and wants to cut me down to make her feel good, right? This is her friend, right? All right. So, and the the person said, you know, I've been friends with this girl for many years. It would be too hard to cut her out of my life. 
Because I, I told her, I was like, if you're feeling that way, cut it off. Get up, get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. If she's bringing you down, you can't hang with. That's not a friend. Hello, somebody. With friends like that, you don't need enemies, right? So in time, the cut downs and the put downs got worse, right? And this person got the courage to cut this friend out of her life, this friend, right? And this person said when she did that, it literally felt like a physical chain came off of her emotions. And it brought healing to her. See, but the enemy counted on that person keeping her in, that, in, in, in her life. But guess what? That girl flipped the script on the enemy. She rose up, got bold, had wisdom, and cut that sucker off. That's what needs to happen. See, the enemy wanted to keep that other person cut down, right? So she wouldn't do great things for God. Everything was a competition. Everything. All right? So, and then when she cut this girl off, you know, the, the lady said, you know, I said, well, can we sometimes meet for dinner or something? And, and the girl said, oh, no, no, you're just, you were just for the phone. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Right? Come on, somebody. So it just revealed that obviously the enemy was working through this individual, right? So if spending time with Jesus becomes notable on a person like it did with Peter and John, spending time with the wrong people will become noticeable in your life. You ever found that out? And, uh, you know, some people who, who go to church, you know, they feel good, they're built up and feel strong spiritually. But then when they get around certain people, it's like, it's like they take a mask off and the flesh starts to rise up and you're kind of a different person, right? Is anybody breathing in here? I, I've been there before in the past on secular jobs, right? I mean, I, I know what it's like. I, I, I know now I'm pastoring full-time, and I have a blessing of getting into the presence of God and the Word a lot. I love it. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate that. But, but I know what it's like when you're in the secular, all right? You've got to be strong. You've got to stay in the Word. You've got to stay in the presence of the Lord. So when you go into a place, you are strong enough, right? All right. Now, Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Listen, anybody who knows me long enough, you know I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'll tell you what my faults were in the past, too. I get it. All right. Pastor James is not superhuman or anything like that. I understand the pressures of of working and all that in the secular. It's tough. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Amen? Amen? But we need to push back. We need to flip the script. On the enemy. All right. Uh-oh. Did we go out? There we go. Okay. Hebrews 10, uh, 23 through 25. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, say oh me. No, I'm just joking. Okay. Hold on. Um, let's see here. Oh me. You beat me there. Uh, okay. Here we go. Ready? It says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Here it is. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more 
as you see the day approaching. Talking about the return of Jesus Christ as things get worse in this world. But don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That is powerful. It says, as the manner of some. Uh, But exhorting one another so much more as we see Jesus Christ, man, things are, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, man, they are happening. We just went to a prophecy conference, Marianne and I, last night in Plymouth, uh, End Time Ministries, Dave Robbins, if you're familiar with him. We, yeah, we got to meet him, talk to him afterwards, it's phenomenal. But he was telling us some things that would just blow your mind, what's going on in the United Nations right now, where they're coming up with this ID 2020 code. And eventually, this is going to probably turn into the mark of the beast, where you're going to have to get a code. You go to the grocery store, you're going to have to put your hand, or they're going to have to scan something. They're going to have to scan something, and it runs your ID through the United Nations and tell you if you have enough money to buy food or to do anything. Are you kidding me? This stuff is in the works right now. He said every locality in the United States right now, they, they are coming up with a plan right now to take everything away from you. Your, you, know, you, don't, you know you don't own your house, right? Anybody? Try not paying taxes. Are, you, you really don't own anything. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, Jesus is our only answer. Jesus is the reason why we're here. Don't put your hope or faith or trust or anything in earthly things. Some trust in chariots, but I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. Are you hearing me? So, in other words, assembling ourselves together in a local church church setting, Bible studies, and in all of these things, is extremely important in these end times. And without assembling together to strengthen each other, the implication here is this. You're going to end up falling away. Come on. Iron sharpens iron. We need to stay connected. I'm not talking about missing church here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people, Christians, who don't even get connected to a church. Are you hearing me? So, I mean, this is, this is crucial stuff here. I mean, the, your, your spiritual walk, your spiritual life, life depends on it. Spiritual life. Amen? Amen? Now, many don't, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? Many don't go to church because they were hurt in the past. We call it, they're hurt in a church. And it's called church hurt. All right? And listen, I, in the past, I dealt with that too. Again, Hello, somebody. Anybody breathing in here? Anybody ever been hurt uh, by a pastor or by a church? Whatever, right? I mean, in the past. But listen to this. The devil planned an offense and you fell for it. Now you're bitter and won't go anywhere near a local church. The devil's plan worked perfectly. Are you hearing me? Everybody's dealt with church hurt. Everybody. But you know, here's what's interesting. Are you ready for this? So people who get church hurt, they say, well, I'm just going to stay out of church, right? But I found something real interesting. These same people, they, they, they get offended by their boss and co-workers all the time. But boy, are they faithful on their job. Boy, the things we do for the almighty dollar. Are you hearing me? But hey, let's put God on the back burner, right? No, this is more important. Are you hearing me, somebody? Why? I just, man, they are so faithful on their their job. It's interesting, right? It's almost like they want to eat and have somewhere to live, I guess. But but the enemy was successful in blinding them spiritually. But now it's time to, come on somebody, 
flip the script on the enemy. It's time for them Christians to to open up about their hurt. It's time for them to receive emotional healing about it and get plugged back into a church. Amen? And so, I mean, it, it really is. It's a real thing. But, you know, you got to let the Holy Spirit in. And, 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 and you got to know that it wasn't God's fault that you went through that situation. Right? God had nothing to do with it. Right? All right. And they need to get plugged back into a local church and become a, lo- uh, you know, a productive member of, of that assembly. Right? I mean, where they can use their gifts and talents and just be used for the kingdom of God. That's the will of God. Amen? Now, the next point I want to touch on here about flipping the script on the enemy is what to do when you get an evil report from a doctor or from anybody or just a negative situation you encounter in general. Let's talk about flipping the script on that. Now, when something bad happens, how many of you know the flesh wants to immediately start to complain. The flesh wants to speak about the problem all the time. The flesh, right here in the thought life, you immediately, you go to the worst case scenario. Right? Oh, I'm sorry, such and such, you have high blood pressure. All of a sudden, you're seeing yourself in a casket. Are you you following me, somebody? It's like your flesh just defaults into that negative zone, right? If you do nothing to counteract that, Here's what happens. It's, I want you to picture a very tall mountain, right? And I want you to see some snow falling off from the top. And as that snow keeps falling down to the bottom, it gets bigger. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. Come on, somebody. And it gets out of control. You need to literally do something to counteract and stop that snowball from getting bigger in your thought life. All right? So the enemy is counting on your thought life and confession uh, uh, being out of control. Here's the word confession. Listen to this. The word confession means to agree with or to say the same thing as. When the enemy brings a negative situation, he's waiting for this, for you to agree with it and to say the same thing as what's happening. Come on, somebody. He's waiting for you to agree with it. And it takes an on-purpose effort to reel in your thought life and flip the script on the enemy. All right? In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus told us that we need to speak to the mountain, not about the mountain. Are you following that? Jesus said, you shall say unto this mountain, that mount, what is that mountain in your life? What are you going through? Do you have a sickness, infirmity, disease? Do you have, a, what is it, a financial problem? Do you have some, you just feel like you're under attack in some area of your life. He didn't say talk about it. He said speak to it. In other words, command that thing because you have power in your faith-filled words. Come on. We need to keep a spiritual mindset. Remember, don't view it. Remember last week I talked about this. Don't view that trial or situation from the earthly level. Remember about you go up to a skyscraper in New York, Chicago, L.A., wherever you're at, and you're on ground level on the sidewalk. You look at that skyscraper, man, that's huge. Wow, what a, what a huge building, right? But, man, when you're on an airplane, when you're on a jet at 36,000 feet, you look down, that thing looks small. And that's why we need to keep our thought life Come on, we sit with Christ in heavenly places. We're supposed to look down on the problem, not to it. 
We look down on that problem. We need to look down on it. That's where your power is going to be at. And that will flip the script on the enemy. He's counting on you to look at it from ground level. No way, devil. No way. Now, I want to show you in an account, a couple accounts, in the Word of God that will give us some powerful keys on how to flip the script on the enemy in these negative circumstances. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, real quick here. Say, flip the script. We're talking about flipping the script on the devil today. Come on. That's right. We're not going to put up with it anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, of, of seeing Christians getting beat up by the devil. We need to flip this script because we have the power and the authority to do so. And what a shame when we don't use it. Mark chapter 5, 25 through 30. And it says this. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, say immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed from that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Well, man, this, oh, this, this account always gets my blood flowing here. Hey, man, this woman, she had an infirmity for 12 years. Say 12 years. That's a long time. All right? She suffered, it says, she suffered many things. From many physicians. Did you catch that? Whoa, let's... Oh, my. Okay, let me say it again. She suffered many things from many physicians. In other words, she went to many doctors, and whatever these doctors were doing, were making it worse. You ever gone to a doctor and it made it worse? Come on, somebody. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not against physicians at all. I'm not against doctors. In fact, Luke was a physician. You do know that, right? The book of Luke, he was a physician. But you need to realize that our Heavenly Father is the great physician. And here's what I want to say. You go to Him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. But listen, here's what we find out a lot of times. You ready for this? Romans 1.25 says this, that evil mankind worshipped and served the creature or the created ones more than the creator. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. They, the, the, the natural, fleshly, stinky humanity. Come on, somebody. <laughs> they, we would rather, in our default, we default, we start to go and worship the created more than the creator. That's called idolatry. Now, many times when people get an evil or negative report from a doctor, they start, listen, listen to me, they start to worship and put all their faith in everything the doctor says instead of the great physician. Come on. No, 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 no. Listen, again, let me say it again. I'm not against doctors, but give God a shot first. Go to him first in prayer, right? God, what do you want me to do? Right? 
You come down with an infirmity or something, the first thing you should do is, Father God, I trust you. Lord, how do you want me to handle this? Are you following me? What do you want me to do? In some situ- in situations, he's going to have you go to a doctor. In fact, he might lead you to a good, spirit-filled Christian doctor. Yes. Are you following me? But I know many people who have not sought the Lord at all about these things, and they end up jumping in, doing treatment, and the treatment killed them before the actual disease. Hello, somebody. Are you following me? Or there was this one individual who went to a church once. He came down with cancer. He was in his 40s. He came down with cancer, and, and the, the, the church board showed up at his house, the elders of the church, because they were putting you know, into action, listen, that the elders of the church would pray over him, blah, blah, blah. So he, they, the elders of the church showed up, right? Guess what happened? The guy let him do it, but he laughed at him. Now, if you, if you notice another thing in the instructions on that, it says, let them call the elders of the church. They need to say, hello, Pastor James. Hello, Barry. Hello, hello, whoever, right? Hey, I would love for you to come to my house and I want you guys all to pray for me. Are you following me? But this individual, when they showed up, he laughed at him. The doctor, when he got his, his um, the diagnosis, the doctor said, six months, you're gone. Put your affairs in order. It was almost, I, I believe, yeah, it was six months to the very day of that word curse. He died. Now, you know, if you haven't noticed, there's many doctors that see themselves as God. Do you have you? Hello, somebody. Anybody breathing in here? They think they're the final authority on everything. Well, I'm here to tell you they're not. Now, thank God there are awesome, spirit-filled Christian pastors who put God first. Bless them, Lord. Use them. Amen? But many of them are filled with pride and arrogance. And don't try talking any faith about in God to them because they'll laugh you right out of their office. Are you hearing me? And because these individuals, they put all their faith in the created one, this human doctor, they hang on every word that doctor speaks. That's not the way it should be, people. The devil has major... Let me just say this. I'm on a little soapbox here about this, but it, it needs to be said. The devil has majorly crept into the medical industry. Pharmacia, anyone? Hello, somebody. It, it, it has. You're right. It's become a business. It's a business. You're a number. Are you hearing me? Uh, so, you know, I mean, you, you got it. That's why I'm saying don't ever put your faith in a created one. Put it in your creator. Go to him first. God, what do you want me to do? I believe your word. I trust your word. Okay. But many times the word curses that a doctor speaks over a person come to pass for this reason. Because they have faith in what that doctor's saying. Don't do it. If someone speaks that over you, you break it. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We need to flip the script on the enemy. 
Do the opposite of what the enemy is expecting you to do in that trial. So the woman with the issue of blood, she came to the end of herself. She came to all these failed attempts of leaning on the flesh of doctors, and it got worse. There's something powerful of when you come to the end of yourself. Are you hearing me? There's some people that that never come to the end of themselves, and they never experience God in their life. They never experience His healing power or whatever, right? Everything. They're leaning on the, what Jeremiah says, leaning on the arm of flesh. And it says those who lean on the arm of flesh are cursed. It does say that. It says that. We don't want to lean upon the arm of flesh. Say, I'm not going to lean on the arm of flesh. Come on, somebody. But one day this woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She must have heard that Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth, he, everywhere he went, every per, sick person he encountered, he healed them all. Amen? He healed them all. There's something special. There's something supernatural about hearing the Word of God, allowing it into your ear gate, that built faith. This woman said this, so she heard about Jesus, he's going to be passing by. And the woman said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made well. You know what she did? She heard about Jesus. It built faith up in her. And then that faith caused her to speak her point of contact. Say POC. Point of contact. She spoke it. She said, she said, if I can just touch him, I know I will be healed. That's called a point of contact for your healing. Point of contact for your miracle. Amen. She heard about Jesus, built her faith, and she spoke those words. And then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then, not only did she get faith built up in her heart, she spoke it out of her mouth, but then she actually put some action to her faith. Believe it or not. Because the word says faith without works is dead. Come on. Hear the word, build the faith, speak the word, make your point of contact, act on the word. Three things right there. If you're in a situation with your body, those three things need to take place in your life. And then she came behind Jesus and touched his garment. But she had to come and press through a crowd to do it. Listen to me now. She had to, if you're going to flip the script on the enemy, if you're going to uh, flip the script on these circumstances that you're going through, you're going to have to press through the crowd of negative people. You're going to have to press through the crowd of negative attacks from the enemy in your thought life. There is a crowd that we need to press through. You're going to have to settle it in your heart that you will do whatever it takes to press through the resistance of the flesh and the resistance of the enemy. That's where your miracle lies. She got her miracle. She didn't care if she looked foolish, right? She was going to get to Jesus to receive her miracle. She put that action to her faith. They showed up today. I said, show up. I want to pray over you. They showed up. Come on, somebody. If you truly want to flip the script on the devil, it will take a boldness. It will take a holy boldness. Let's look at one more account, and I'm done, and we're out of here. Mark chapter 10. Go with me over there. Mark chapter 10. Powerful. Now, let me just remind you, this is not some good bedtime story. These are literally accounts that happened... 
These literally happen. Sometimes I think we need to put the smelling salts under our nose, right? Just to remind ourselves that this is not just literature. This is the word of the living God, right? That's what Pastor Solomon preached, his last message. The word of God is reality. It happened. I remember him preaching that. That stuck with me. Hallelujah. Mark 10, 46 through 52. Let's take a look at this account. What can we glean from this account, Holy Ghost? Here we go. Now, when they came to Jericho, as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him. Look at uh, here's the crowd. Here's what you got to press through, people. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus, oh boy, I love it. Here's a sermon right here. When your faith makes Jesus stand still. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Oh, sure, the ones who were telling him to shut up, now that Jesus said, Bring him, now they're all nice to him, right? Come on. <laughs> then they called the blind man. See, Jesus didn't have a celebrity complex. He was touchable. He was reachable. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. And throwing aside his garment, (laughs) I love that, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do? Wow, a blank check from Jesus Christ himself? You have that same blank check today, by the way. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. My blind Bartimaeus was sitting by a road begging. I'm telling you right now, this, we serve a God of suddenly. When you think all is hopeless, all is lost, that's when he shows up. Come on, somebody. That's when he shows up. And he heard that Jesus was healing all, I'm sure, just like the woman with the, who had the issue of blood. This caused faith to rise up in his heart and caused him to cry out to Jesus to have mercy on him. Son of David, have mercy upon me. By the way, this is a whole other teaching. But when he said, Son of David, have mercy on me, what this blind Bartimaeus was doing was activating his covenant through, oh, come on somebody. He was activating his healing covenant. My goodness. I'm telling you, there's no word in the Bible that's wasted. It's in there for a purpose. Amen. So people were telling Bartimaeus to shut up, be quiet. But his faith would not allow him to be silent. Let me tell you this. Faith is never silent. Silent faith is an oxymoron, like silent thunder. Faith is never silent. Come on, somebody. 
in the darkest hour of your life, that's when you need to be praising God. That's when you need to be worshiping Him. And that's when you need to be calling upon your Heavenly Father. Amen? Start thanking Him for your breakthrough and pulling you out of the pit before you see any evidence of it in the natural. That's faith. That's faith. When you see nothing that would even hint to that. You see no evidence at all. But man, you know the Word of God. And you know the power of your God. My God is stronger than that cancer. My God is stronger than that congestive heart failure. Come on. My God is is bigger than that poverty. My God's bigger than that marriage issue. Come on, somebody. Start thanking Him for that breakthrough. Paul and Silas in the prison at midnight. They started praising God with shackles, with rats running by them. And we think we got it tough. But they started praising. They sought first the kingdom. And guess what? The kingdom showed up. The faith, the crying out to Jesus caused Jesus mm, to stop right in his tracks. And he commanded his disciples to bring Bartimaeus. There's something, I'm telling you what, God's not a respecter of persons. Meaning he don't care about how much money you have in the bank right now. God don't care what kind of car you're driving. You understand me? But he is a respecter of your faith. You want, you want Jesus to stop in his tracks? Can, can you just picture this? Jesus was walking by. All of a sudden he heard a cry from one of his children. And it stopped him right in his tracks. Stopped him right in his tracks. The Son of God, he, the, the, the blind Bartimaeus, got the attention of the Son of God because of his faith. The same happens today with us. And it says that Bartimaeus threw aside his garment. Say garment. And he came to Jesus. That part always strikes a chord in my spirit. Every time I read it. If we are going to flip the script on the enemy, there are some old garments, old mindsets as was prophesied today. There's some old garments, mindsets, hindrances that we need to throw off to the side. And it's those garments that you're holding on to that are keeping you from getting up and moving forward with Jesus. If we're going to walk into this new season as a church, if we're going to walk into this new season individually, on an individual level, you've got to take those old garments and throw those suckers off and say, I'm moving forward with the Lord. Come on, somebody. How bad do you want your miracle? Listen, Bartimaeus ignored the commands to be quiet because his faith. He received a miracle. You do notice that, right? You know, a lot of people take, a lot of ministers take a lot of fat, uh, flack from people when they say, oh, it's all about faith, right? It's all about faith. Well, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Amen. So your faith can make you whole or your lack of it can make you stay where you're at. Are you following me? How bad do you want your miracle? When you get to the point, listen here, I want to end it right here. When you get to the point of boldly pressing through the crowd, throwing off your old garments and replacing it with the garment of praise, it's only then you're going to begin to flip the script on the enemy and you're going to see breakthrough in every area of your life. Let's stand up in this place. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place. 
Lord, I sense right now that faith is rising on the inside of your people. Lord, I believe right now that a holy boldness is rising up on the inside of your people in this place. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you're, you're on the outside and you're looking and you're saying, my goodness, that sounds amazing, Pastor, but I haven't even made Jesus Lord of my life. I, I got some great news for you today. Oh, the gospel is good news, by the way. And the good news is this, that if you hear my voice, you're breathing, your heart's pumping right now, you can make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life right now. And if you take, when you take the last breath, you're going to live with him for eternity. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, meet me in that corner. I will stay after service as long as you want. I want to pray with you. Now, maybe there's some in here, you, you thought you made Jesus Lord of your life. But maybe you're one I was talking about where the atmosphere, man, it's been affecting you more than you've been affecting it. And you really haven't been living for the if that's you and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want to meet you over here after service as well. Now, maybe there's someone in here, uh, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, okay? This boldness that you're hearing from the pulpit, I'm telling you right now, that's Holy Ghost. That's Holy Ghost boldness right now. If you want boldness for Christ, you want boldness, you want breakthrough in your life, I'm telling you right now, you need the Holy Ghost baptism. In fact, it's re I'm telling you, it's required. It's not a suggestion in the Word. It's required. And I'm not just talking about tongues. All right, that's one benefit of it. Praise God for that. But there's a lot more benefits for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you shall receive power. Say power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me on the side right now. You know what? And I'm going to say this. Maybe there's someone you don't want me to pray with you over there. You know what? Call me during the week. We'll set up a time to meet. We'll talk about it. Man, come on. Pastor loves you, right? Now, maybe there's someone. You have a sickness, disease, an infirmity. You need a miracle in some area of your life. If that's you, I want you to meet me. And I want to pray. Anything else you need prayer for? You need prayer for anything. I want to pray with you. You have the privilege to pray for you. And let's, let's see breakthrough. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. What a service today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I, I can say we're going to walk out of here today different than how we came in. Amen. Now, Tuesday night, our prayer calls have been amazing. Join us if you're able. And listen, you don't even, you can get on the call even if you don't want to say anything. Just get on the call to listen because there's an anointing that's flowing. I'm telling you, when you call in and just listen. There's a, you're going to be touched by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to pray if you don't want to, okay? Just get on the call. Just there's a unity, an awesome unity. Um, and then uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, prayer here, 7 to 8. We won't keep you all night unless the Holy Ghost really gets a moving and you can stay as long as you want, right? And, and whatever. We're probably going to creep into that time sometime. But um, wow, what a blessing. Uh, is there anything else? Is there any announcements or anything? Oh, the IOU. If you have, uh, if you'd like to give to Linda and Ralph, um, see Sh Sherry, raise your hand again. Sherry, right there. If you want to do an IOU, if you say, "Hey, I want to give them fifty, but I don't have it on me," let her know. Church will write a check. We'll do it, and you can just cover that later. But, woo! The Book of Acts, baby. Amen. This is awesome. Have a great week. If you need me, grab my card, call me. My cell number's on there. Let's get, if you want to get together, let's get together. Amen? Have a great week. We love you all.
Hallelujah.